We at The Other Side of Hell podcast are not therapists, doctors, or counselors. We're just two guys who have been through hell and come out the other side. Please be aware, we may talk about drinking and drugging in detail. Anyone struggling with addiction may find this triggering. Our goal is to share our stories, explore our struggles, and connect with others through our experience. Remember, we are not alone. There is hope, and together we can get better. What's up, world? I'm Willie. And I'm Cameron. And today, in studio, we have a very special guest, Jackson. What's up, everybody? Jackson, stay stopped. What is happening, Jackson? Founder and director straight out of Cali flew in this morning to be on the show. Thank you so much, bro. Thank you. 12, 11, 10, 9. So good. It's a couple hours or something, huh? Yeah. Just just got off the plane. Super nervous, super excited to be here with you guys. Dude, it's so great to actually, like, see you in the flesh. Yeah. Again, this has been in the works for a minute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I seen you guys. I met you guys back at the uh, extravaganza. Yeah, the the valor rising fundraiser. I, I said I came across you guys, and I'm like, yeah, something about you guys just really connected with me. And I was like, man, I love the opportunity to stay connected, number one, and then get in here live yeah. in the studio. It was just something I really felt moved to do. This is a great platform you guys are providing. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks, man. And 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 today, not only are we got an awesome guest in house, we got an awesome story, which is yours. And and you know, you shared your story with us via Zoom, just like so many other people were gracious enough to do. And we we got an awesome topic out of it because we've been helped along the way so many times by so many different people in so many unexpected ways that uh we decided to talk about angels in people's clothing i love that you know? nice. that's probably that's probably what jackson is like <laughs> like he's an angel and over there just making people's <clears throat> lives better against their own will well they start they started it they started it first right yeah now. so yeah, again well. I, it's only seemed fitting for me to you know share the story with you guys and Hopefully the guys out there can kind of get something out of this all together. I remember hearing I remember hearing a guy say one time the the universe is conspiring against me in all the good ways. And I thought, what the fuck? Like because uh, I always had that negative mindset, you know, when yeah. somebody said the the universe is conspiring against me, I always like went straight to make my life worse. Yeah. yeah. You know, but but he threw a twist on it and, it, and it kind of reveals to me some of my mindset. You know, that negative mindset, and so being able to take the gifts that people give us unexpectedly and turn it into to our recovery, our story, and our our growth is pretty pretty dope. You know, so especially coming from those shadows and thinking that you know everyone was out to get you and thinking everything was out to get you to actually learn it's quite the opposite, where you know the universe was actually. Know, trying to look out for us, yeah. trying to get us back on this, you know, this proper path of living. So definitely, yeah. What if what if we really did have a purpose, right? Like, what if we really were made on purpose, like with intention? And and I think about that sometimes because I'll look out in the world and I'll know that like, like I know that Jackson is important. I'll know that that Cameron is important. You know, I I know that. Those people probably have purpose, but I'll I'll deny myself that same respect or, or outcome and like the thought of like what if I really do have a purpose and I could be that that channel for a message, you know, and be that angel in, in people's clothing for somebody else like they were for me. And uh it's a pretty good feeling to be on this side of the table and get a get a pay forward those things that were were given 
to me, you know. So when yeah. we're when we're talking about angels and people's clothing, Cameron, what do you remember about well, that kind of thing? Yeah, like you know, I was just thinking as you were talking, I was really trying to think about back to the early days in rehab where I started sort of connecting the dots and putting together this idea that like like you had just alluded to, that the universe is conspiring against me in all the right ways, right? Like somehow I had found myself in a rehab facility. And and so many of us don't, right? Like so many yeah. of us aren't lucky enough to have that opportunity. And I remember like sitting in that rehab facility and just looking around and being like, I'm in fucking rehab. Like what am I doing? Like how did I get here? Like what has happened? Like how how are things, you know, how, how are things that bad that this is where I am? <laughs> and, and I remember just being like so lost and so confused, but but realizing, you know, how many things had to happen in just such a perfect way for me to, to yeah, and and coming to the conclusion through a little bit of time and a little bit of um, energy in that program and realizing like, my God, like I'm I'm so lucky to be here. And the fact that I am still here must surely mean something because it could have been so different. Yeah. Like I had so many opportunities to die behind the wheel, to die in my sleep, you know, to, to kill somebody and be locked up or, you know, you name yeah. the countless things that we all have, you know, so many, so many different stories with like, and, and yet here I am given another opportunity. Yeah. And, uh, and how blessed and how grateful I am. There surely must be a reason. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's what I think. And I, I definitely had those angels in people's clothing, like the people in that facility. Um, because I didn't know shit about fuck. I, it's so funny because I said I wasn't going to swear. And I feel like I've like, I've kind of doubled up on it. Uh, but, but I really didn't, you know, like I just, I didn't know anything. Those first people that introduced me to recovery and the possibilities and gave me that first hope, yeah, and, and really allowed me, you know, um, the opportunity to to look at myself like that. I still hold an extreme high regard to this day. Yeah, I like how you said um, you, you mentioned finally. If I could just slide in real quick, you know, um, finally, you know, I me mean, that term I've heard a lot in recovery. Like when we realize. You know what I mean? And that, that retrospect, you know, being able, if you're new and you're like just here in this program with us right now, you know, you might be at that point where you finally realize, oh, sorry, where, where you finally realize, you know, that realization of our lives and how we've been living, you know, and seeing, you know, the, the, the angels, seeing all of the other signs prior, all of our attempts weren't necessarily in vain. I mean, all those rehabs that I went to, you know what I mean? I can remember. I really wanted to stop. You know, I, I had at some point in my life had come, but when I got out, you know, I didn't, you know, take heed to some of those things that I learned. I just would go right back. So all of those, you know, stunts or stints at the those rehabs, you know, the reality of it, the realization that I needed, you know, help was there, but it was it took more than just that realization. You know, the realization. I think we've all come to it at one point of our lives or at multiple points in our lives where we really do need to, you know, stop using and drinking, but we just didn't know how to employ and actually work a program of recovery. 
So I think the realization in that finally space that we're in one more time, you know, here's an opportunity if you're listening to kind of check out what we're about to share with you, you know, and hopefully you hear something finally, hopefully you'll finally realize as well. So I like that. Yeah. Well, I can look back, I can look back <laughs> on my life, man. And there's certain people at certain stages of my life. And I mean, this is from before I even, cause I, I, I was a troubled child. Like, sure. I was super hyper. I was super sensitive. I, I was, you know, I was very easily influenced by the people around me, you know? So it would, I, if, if everybody was sitting calmly in a circle, I could usually sit calmly in a circle, but the first person that busted a fart or <laughs> something like that, I was out of control. Like, you know, and, and, and I remember like in grade school, there was, there was a lot of programs that they tried to put me in. Mm-hmm. And there were certain people in those programs, you know, I, I remember Miss Swan, for example, I, I'd, I'd like to thank her for her time because she was genuinely trying to help me out, you know, and she did, you know, she, she gave me, when I was with her, I can remember her giving me a sense of self-esteem and showing me how I could use my strengths where in class, all I could focus on was my weaknesses, right? Like I didn't read well or whatever, but she could give me like a, a, a model and I could put that because I'm a builder, you know, I'm not a reader, I'm a builder. And she, and, and she helped me kind of do that kind of stuff. And then, you know, as, as I went through and I started getting in trouble, I can remember some of the conversations that these officers were having with me as I was getting arrested as a kid and then them trying to, you know, conveying me this, this path that I'm going on, the path that they can see me going on and how, I didn't see that, right? Like I didn't see the destruction that that I was headed for as far as violence and how big this 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 game can get, you know, when you're bringing drugs across state lines and you got Mexicans bringing drugs up from Mexico and like you get into the world field of of drug and narcotic activity and there's a lot of crime and violence and you know laws and and all that stuff. I don't see the the magnitude of that. You know, I don't see that that the drugs that I'm smoking today came from a country that's all the way across the ocean that came through many, many different hands. And, and there's a lot of blood on it. And these people were that, that could see that were, were going, fuck, you should probably like maybe play football or something, bro. Right. You know, like, yeah. like I can, they could see in me what I could not see in myself. And then as I got sober and I look back on my life, I can see that that's what was trying to happen, but those things stuck with me so that I can use them today. You know, I, I didn't know that I would be able to use those conversations and those feelings and those attempts in my life today to, to kind of still help me stay stopped. Right. Right. And so I don't know. Do you have experience with that? Oh, yeah. like, it's funny you mentioned that with the law enforcement officers, because, again, you know, those are somebody I, I consciously remember. Uh, I, I counted them as angels in you know, people they could have fucked us up, dude. Like they could, they, the, the, the officers that I came across with on the multiple arrests that I had were telling me, bro, we're going to get you some help. You know, once you get in here, make sure you take advantage of the programs. He would tell me like he would really, there was no type of animosity at all. These officers like literally were, were genuinely just trying to, and that's what it took. It, it took that form of authority. God knew, I believe that he needed to send the, that form of angel to a dude like me 
yeah. to get my attention, to cuff me up, to book me into custody because I wasn't stopping, bro. I wasn't stopping. So I'm clear. God dispatched. I like to refer to it. He dispatched the angels <laughs> nice. in the form yeah. of, of a law enforcement. Lake Forest, shout out to Lake Forest, please. Orange County Sheriff's Department. Like I said, those guys came in six cops deep, bro. And not one of them. They all just wanted me to get help. Yeah. It was like that, that's total. a huge part of my story. Yeah, bro. absolutely. Me too. I have that too. Like not so much with authority figures. Like, well, I'll say like state government officials, <laughs> like law. Yeah, like I, I, but I had people all on my all on my journey. Like when I was um, working the, the job that I had before, um, I would show up to work intoxicated. I would show up extremely hungover. I would call in sick every other fucking day. You know, I'm really bad at that. You're catching it, though. I know, I'm trying. You're catching it, though. That's that's how it started. That's how it started, Now when he he cusses, he loses track of what he was talking about. No, I got it right here. Get it, get it, bro. No, no, no. It's funny because I, these people, you know, I always wanted to be like, why are you harping on me? Why why are you giving me crap? Like, I'm trying, man. Like, I really am trying. But I can see now some of these people that I worked with, all they wanted was was for me to be okay. Yeah. You know, all yeah. they wanted was for, for for me to like live a good and happy life. And they knew they could see that I was struggling, that I was unhappy, that in I denial. was in <laughs> denial. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bro, right. And just, you know, completely miserable. Yeah. And yet like all I you know, I didn't see it as that. Like we and that's and that's the sad thing, right? Is like oftentimes we're not in a place to recognize these people that are in clothing we don't recognize them as that until yeah. much much later yeah. down the road. Mm-hmm. yeah and jackson and jackson of- shares in his story you know that that as as he and we'll get we'll get to this but as he as he came to the ends and everything started getting more and more violent right he started hurting the people in his life more and more which is something that we can all relate with right yeah. that he was offered a program and he did not see that as a good opportunity at right. all. Right. Like like we don't. When we're when we're when we're balls deep in the addiction and we're absolutely convinced that we have it under control because yeah. we're managing somewhat well, like the bills are getting paid kind of say, like, say that again. We absolutely believe that we're in control. Man, yeah, we're like we, like literally. Because we're we're managing, managing de- yeah. decently. Like like at that point, there's not a gun in our face, right. you know? And so like, like, there's not an eviction notice. Doesn't mean that the the rent's paid, but yeah. there's just not an eviction notice yet. The yeah. lights are on, but that doesn't mean that our bills aren't at zero. You know, right. because yeah. even even what I found is that even all these other companies, like the the electric company, the water company, they work with me, right? They work with me yeah. in, in my sickness. Yeah. Like they let me get so far behind. The bank lets me get behind, and. And I always, I always want to chalk it up when I'm out there to like these corporations and shit, like everybody's trying to get over on me. So I'm just going to fucking like, I'm, I'm just going to play the part and take advantage as far as I can. But there's a lot of programs out there that, that tried to help me out that I just took advantage of, you know, because I'm a selfish fuck. Right, like I'm, right. I, I, I'm in my disease in that. Well, exactly. And, That's what I was going to say. When, yeah. when we get on this side of the table and, uh, start cleaning up our lives through step work and, and doing this process, you know, we find that we, those programs aren't for us anymore. You know, I don't, I don't need the programs that tried to help me out, but I can look back and I can see that these were 
things that were trying to help me. And I was just fucking like everything was about me. Yeah, it's interesting you said it because on the other side, and again, your your broadcast is you know the other side of hell. That's how I look at it. Like once we get on this other side one more time, we have now the opportunity to you know, see and really appreciate those programs that you know for what they were worth. Yeah, and hopefully, like I said, our job is to now carry this message, to carry this message because it could just be through you know someone seeing this. This, this podcast or just someone hearing us that maybe, you know, they won't have to go down that route, but if they do, you know what, we'll, we'll be here you yeah. know, to get to the other side. Once we make it, you know, God willing, we make it to the other side of hell. You know I mean? We can definitely see it, the value in being on this side and also appreciate that side of hell that, that you know, I feel like God pulled us out of. So, or, or maybe let us experience yeah. so that we well, can have that exactly. contrast and, and, yeah. Because one of the things that I know for for absolute sure is that I would not know what I have with the relationship with my wife today if I didn't have the relationship I had with my ex-wife. Right. You know, as sad as that may sound, like like I'm grateful for that dysfunctional shit because it put me in a place where I have something to compare my life to. Right. You know, yeah. I can look back on my act of addiction in the way that I felt about myself, the way that I treated myself, and I can look at even though not every day is perfect now I can look and and see where I'm so much better than I was back there because I have that to compare it to well and it it, it again like it, it reminds me like a purpose right like it gives a purpose to all that shit like when I was going through and I was you know in in the trenches and I was running and gunning each day and I was actively living in addiction when I when I first you know, started getting sober. I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, what was that all about? You know what I mean? And, and really like when, when we get to that point where we see that experience is being valuable to others, it gives a purpose to all that. It's like, yeah. Okay. That's why I had to go through that a, so that I appreciate the things that I do have now, the relationships I have, the career that I have, the financial stability that I have now, I can, I get to appreciate all those things and I get to share with other people what it was like so that they know that there is hope. Like I get to show up for those people to be a messenger now. And they say that's the cement that binds us together. That's the cement. The fact that we were lost in drug addiction and alcoholism, that was that, that's the cement that that's the hell that we walk through. What they say about spirituality, it's not for people that are scared to go to hell for people that's been there. been there right and again i believe that 100 percent. i'm i'm quoted as saying you know what i mean i don't care if i go to the blackest of hell because again that's where i was you know resigned to the fact this is i'm, I'm lost I, can't, I have i'm hopeless at this point there's no way and being able to share this story there's somebody else out there that feels that same hopelessness that's the cement that's binding us together as well our yeah. stories this whole thing is designed to connect us to to let people know look I used to hate that phrase, oh, you're not alone. Sometimes I wanted to be alone. But again, I understand it in a different context now. That, that you're not alone is basically saying, hey, look, I've been where you are. And and, and there is an answer. There is a solution to it. Isolation, it may, you may have thought, I may have thought that that was where I wanted to be. Sure. But the values and the, the energy that I get from connection to people who have been through is priceless, bro. It, sure. It's just priceless. And that's all we're trying to do, man. 
Yeah, man. I, I really appreciate that. And I, I, I appreciate the fact that, you know, now I can look back on that experience and I don't have to regret the past and always just shut the door. Off. Right. And I think that that's getting to that place of acceptance and, and really, you know, adding that to a part of who I am as an individual, because it took a long time for me to own the fact that I was an alcoholic or an addict, right? Like it took me a long time to want to share it with people. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I'm an open book. Mm-hmm. You know, like people sure. that I work with, I don't broadcast it, but I definitely don't shy away from yeah. telling people either. And, mm-hmm. you know, most people are completely surprised. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. You don't seem like an alcoholic. Right. Well, and that's where we get the opportunity <laughs> yeah. to break the stigma, right? right. Exactly. Exactly. It, it just reminds me of Brittany Jade Anthony, who was on here sharing her story. And she said, well, what does an alcoholic look like? Yeah. yeah. It's like, there's no... There's no blueprint. We're not all people that are drinking under the bridge. And and it's kind of the same thing. Like, what what does an angel look like? I mean, um, you know, uh, or or the messenger. Because, you know, because we we were willing enough at some point to put ourselves in a position to hear a message that we needed to hear at the time. Jackson was sharing with me a story on the way up here about, you know, an old bearded guy in a psych ward come up to him out of nowhere yeah. and just gave him a message that he needed to hear that he's never forgotten. Uh, he's, when he said that to me, guys, he was like, yeah. you're going to be a fisher of men. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? What does that mean? What yeah. does that even mean? Crazy and, old man. And, and here it is. And, and, and here it is six years later. I get how working a program of recovery, it opened me enough for God to use me now to be that messenger, to be that witness, to share about what it was like and show that there is power in sobriety. There is power in recovery. And this whole thing was all because, you know, I went through that hell. I went through that hell. I listened. I heard the seeds were all planted. Every single one of us listening to this broadcast, there's seeds all through us. Sure. There are seeds all over the place. If they haven't sprouted yet, if it took me 20 years for them to sprout, Then so be it. The fact is that they sprouted. And when they sprout and I recognize it, now I've I've been fortunate enough to be connected. God has put put enough. I said put. put, God has put enough people. Has has put (laughs) enough people in front of me. These angel in people's clothing. You know, he's put those people in place in my life at this point to actually recognize, oh, there's God. Oh, there's God. Oh, there's God. Yeah, I'm not calling you guys God, yeah, but yeah, there's right. God working through you. Yeah, exactly. There's God working. And again, I want to be that dude now yeah. because, again, I've been to the gates of hell and I've been and, and, and I was pulled from there. So, yeah, so that's yeah, that. And, that. and I, I feel compelled to like share this too <clears> is, is, you know, whatever, whatever your concept of angel, God, any of that stuff is, it, it's your own concept. You totally, know? totally. Um, I think. I think it's important for for us to understand that it's the message through the messenger that resonates with us on an emotional level. And and whether you believe that that's the divine or coincidence, it's happened. Yeah. Right. And no coincidence. I think. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) You hear how I met my sponsor. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean. I mean, I, I don't know, right? Like, like I'm at a point in my life today where I don't care anymore. Yeah, like exactly. I, you know, spirituality, God, I don't know what else to call it. Something, something's happened to me that yeah. is miraculous in nature. Like the, that the, word, miraculous. The 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 willingness, the 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 pain became so great 
that I was ready to change it. And when I was ready to change it, the willingness came and the opportunity came and the right people came and the right message came and those seeds were planted and they, they sprouted and they blossomed and they bloomed into this incredible life on the other side of hell, on this side of the table where I get to go out and like you said, be, be a vessel of that message, hopefully through example, not, not necessarily always just talking about it, but, yeah, exactly. but being able to share the experience in detail of how I got where I'm at. You know, I think that that's a disservice to people. If you, if you're on this side of the table and you can't explain exactly how you got to where you're at, there's probably some stuff missing, but luckily we can come in here and, and because we're all, we're all 12 step based, which has been really great for me. You know, I can go in and I can tell somebody exactly what my first step experience was like, how I worked it, what I did with it, what changed in me. And I can do that with every step that I've ever done. And I'm grateful for that. And hopefully be that angel in, in people's clothing for somebody else that they can find the, the willingness and the need and the desire to get sober because my life was so fucked up. You know, and if I can do it, you can do it. And, and I get a lot of strength from other people out of that same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this, like as we're talking about it, like I'm remembering a story that I heard recently about this this gentleman who who uh, hadn't really, he'd interacted with this person a couple of times, but for whatever reason, he felt absolutely compelled to um, say something to this, a very specific something to this person at a very specific time. And he said it, and then that person was like, why did you say that? I can't believe you said that to me. And he, and he took that message, and he built a, literally an empire with it. And he was like, I don't know why I said it. I just felt compelled to say it. Have you guys ever felt like just for whatever reason, like, I got I to gotta just do this? That's what I'm doing, yeah. yeah. That's, 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 that's yeah. what I'm doing right yeah. here. <clears throat> the, yeah. The, I mean, the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, right definitely. stay stopped yeah, um the recovery community that we built the uh you know somebody told me that i was a professional one time mm -hmm. you know like i did a concrete job and i stood back and i looked at it and i was maybe like five or six years into my con into my construction career mm -hmm. and i'm like damn man that's nice it looks like a professional did it and he yeah. goes you are a professional yeah <laughs> and i never considered that yeah like I never fucking considered that, you know, but, but he said that and I've been able to build my own company, you know, like, like stay stopped, you know, his story about that, you know, that, that message came through him. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just love sharing those, those moments because, you know, I, to me, and again, it doesn't matter what your concept of a higher power is, but to me, it feels divine in nature. It's like, I, I'm like you, Willie, like I, I, I gave up trying to define it a long time ago. I know you did like lucky yeah well <laughs> some of some of us are smarter than others like we but start. your your journey is your own right yeah. and like you've you've gained a lot of insight because yeah, of it for yeah. sure for and sure. like um for me it's 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 like i just gotta let it be right like it, it's bigger than i can ever comprehend like that's all that i know and so like these moments of like divine inspiration come through other people that come through us that other people will take and run with are are evidence for me you know like they're evidence like man there is something bigger yeah. there is something that that's grander than than anything that i have ever thought about before and i take a lot of comfort in that it's like man like, 
and again, like sort of on this on this same note of purpose, right? Like I've got this purpose. Nothing happens by coincidence, right? And and there are these moments of, of divine inspiration. It's like, dude, look at all this evidence. And those people that came into my life at those specific times with those specific messages are all just again additional evidence that I need in those times where I'm expected to turn my will and my life over. Hmm. Very it's well like, said. Well, yeah, it was interesting because you guys, um, you know, you make mention to this divine intervention. And I kind of like the really, that, that, that's a term that I used as well, this divine inspiration, because, and the only reason I call it that, the only reason I frame it as divine or something greater is because it's something that I never planned on doing it's nothing it's not it's not something that i sat down and was like oh i'm gonna do this or i'm gonna go I, I just never anticipated doing this and living this way i like i said i had completely <laughs> right. i had completely given in to the fact that i'm gonna be a dope fiend for the rest of my life there's nothing i can do about it yep. that's how i'm so strong behind the fact that something greater something divine intervened that's the only reason why, because I was completely hopeless. And I know I've said that a couple of times, but I'm trying to emphasize, I recognize the divinity because I know everything in myself, this was not part of my plan. Yet, I feel so much passion yeah. to do it. I feel so much passion. I thought for sure after six years, it would have dwindled out by now. I yeah. thought for sure I'd have been back smoking dope again by now, for sure. Mm. But I've been doing certain things. I've been sharing my story, not to be on the platform, but to give a witness to the fact that there's a program in place. Mm. If I follow it to the best of my abilities, there's there's something else on this other side. And the sustaining factor and the divine unity that I have, again, it is a joint, it's a joint effort now. And again, I just know that because on my own, yeah, I'd be smoking dope yep. again. I just know that in my, what do they say? My innermost self, I know on my own, I would be back in the bathroom, guys. And I know that for because I've done it so many yeah. times yep. before, multiple times, countless times. Now this time, for whatever reason, something has intervened. And I, you know, it's divine. And that's what I just, I like that <clears throat> frame of it. It's divine. Yeah, and I've decided to attach and just work with it. Well, I just want to say, man, like I'm starting <laughs> to get like really emotional and just moved by what you're sharing, dude. Like, and I think that this, just this topic alone, like for whatever reason, it's it's exactly what I needed to hear today. I needed you to be here today. The fact that you're here today and you're sitting next to us and you're joining us on this specific episode of the podcast, I think, um, reminds me. And, and that happens so often when I go to a meeting. Mm -hmm. Like I'll go to a meeting and I'll be like, fuck, I needed to hear this today. Yeah. You know, and, and every time that that happens, it strikes a note in me that just as a reminder, it's like, oh, oh yeah, right. There is something there. And it's, it's kind of the there. same thing with the show too. Like I'll be, I'll be not uncertain about what we're doing with the show or if like, if we're spending our Sundays the right way and then we'll right. get, we'll get some feedback on, on the show. Somebody will message us or, you know, just, you know, we'll, we'll, like what Jackson told us the other day, you know, or what he, even what he said at the beginning of the show, it just reminds me 
that that we're on the right path you know that that everything that we've been through is is definitely for a reason and, and, and even if it's not for a reason we can make a reason out of it you know we can we can build something out of our past that that's meaningful and purposeful and and give that away so that you know we can be of service and out of ourselves which is ultimately the biggest fucking problem we have anyway right, definitely yeah too, well, much, too much self Again, it's just a great reminder of the solution, right? The solution is for me to get out of the fucking way. You know, fucking <laughs> yeah. there, there's a shirt for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. There is a shirt for that. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I just really appreciate this topic. I think it's great to talk about uh, these people. And I really like, you know, touching on those people that came into our lives and believed in us before, um, before we were, you know, had a problem with drugs and alcohol. Because like you said in your story, mm-hmm. and like we've heard in so many stories, you know, like I always sort of didn't fit in. I always didn't right? fit in. Like, I never I, felt right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I never, I never felt right. Like it wasn't just, um, you know, it's what more or less led me to, you know, constantly coming out. Like I yeah. found solution in, in drugs and alcohol. And so for me, I definitely had teachers along the way. I can think of two or three very, very specific teachers that, that you know, for whatever reason, they got what I was going through. Yeah. And they spoke to me in a way that I could hear, you know, what they were saying. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that person took that time to share that message with me in those instances is what makes yeah. And it's, kind of, it's kind of cool too when you think about like the moments you've been moved to like we were sharing on the way up here how we always go to a meeting and we're like i'm not gonna fucking share it this right meeting. like like I'm, I'm gonna keep my mouth shut i'm, I'm just not to, going at all yeah, i've done and, that too. Yeah. but but you know those people that are that are sharing this stuff with us they've been moved to share this stuff yeah. with us like especially when it's when it's personally like like one-on-one like you were talking about your teacher or your sponsor or a loved one or an officer or whatever, whoever we come in contact with, like something inside of them is moved to, to share with us right. at that moment, yeah, you know? Definitely. And, and there's kind of a neat connection that, that I've been that person that's been moved to share with certain people, certain things. And other people have been moved to share with me certain things at certain times. And like that, that whole connection, that whole synchronicity and that flow of, of, positive energy one through another you know really connects us you know out in the street we're bound together through pain and and on this side of the table we're like bound together through solution right and 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 being able to be a part of that solution in in a major way is is just it's very valuable like there's it's you can't buy it i like that you said we're bound together initially with the pain right that was the price of admission and then we get on this side and we're bound together with solution. Yeah. I like how you said that. That's, that's good. There's a shirt for that. Angels and people's. Yeah. And I like bro. how this, I like yeah. how it's, how it's went from, from that topic. And we've, we've, we've yeah. really brought it into a divinity, you yeah. Know, a, 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 yeah, a, a, a power greater than ourselves that, that has been, you know, like what the big book says, one who proceeds over us all, right? Or something like that. I, mean, I think that's what it says. Yeah, that, yep, that's it. One that's who proceeds it. over yeah, us all. One. Yep. And again, that's where, like I said, I'm thinking, I was, as you guys were talking, I'm thinking about all of these angels. I'm like, my 
public defender, my mental health person, my daughter's mother, my daughter, uh, the the police officers. Like I said, there's like a line, whole mm-hmm. line of them that just completely just very continuously kept putting. I'm like, God, you must have really, really wanted me. You know, and I thought that you didn't want me, you know, and I just I was thinking about that, like how much I really thought that, you know, God had abandoned me because I'm such a bad person. And it's just like he's like, no, it's kind of like I think when my daughter, if my daughter was cutting up and being I would never leave her. I would continue to just try to, you know, help, but not, you know, she's going to make her own decisions and stuff. But it was just like I just I have to relate it to something. I just believe that really God continued to send people he continued to send people for me to finally see and like i said i'm i'm here as a witness to it today yeah. you know what's cool about god that? You, you finally made it you, got me. you know what's <laughs> cool you know what's cool about that as you were sharing i was thinking about all those people that you had mentioned that i have as well that cameron has as well you mm-hmm. know the teachers the mm-hmm. the counselors the the you know bill bill w dr bob you yeah, know totally. those those people all all these people that that were there at the right time with the right message how many of them do you think feel like we owe them anything right yeah Yeah. like like it it, like like intuitively i know that none of us none of them feel like we owe them shit they're just happy that we're at where we're at right like like I, i highly doubt any of them are sitting in their fucking lazy boy right now drinking over the resentment that we didn't thank them enough for all the you yeah. know for yeah. for changing our lives i would call that grace yeah definitely right? yeah like like yeah. like we were we were given that message at that time through through their their genuine love for another human being they would have done that for any other human being but it was for us right out of, out of a genuine place to try to make our lives better without anything in, for themselves and and the reason that I think that they're not out there doing that is because when I get to be that person, I don't want anything back. It's right. one all alcoholic all helping another yeah. comes from from a place that's naturally inside of me that I don't get to decide when to bring it up. Right? <laughs> it's just like like that place of grace within us is is so spiritual that it happens organically every time. Yeah. You know, I, I wish I could bring it up every time. Like, like this, like when my wife pisses me off, I'd be like, this would be a good time for that grace inside of me to come up and just be all loving, you know, but it happens organically when it's needed. And, and I'm grateful for that. You know, I'm grateful that there's not a line of people out there waiting for me to pay him back for the message that they gave me when I needed it. That's uh, very well said, man. Yeah. I appreciate that because what I, what it reminds me of is that like in those moments where I, I just couldn't, I could not love myself. Yeah. There were people all around me that were loving. Huh. You know, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize that. You know, I saw it as like, you're nagging, you're, you're heartbroken. <laughs> Leave the fuck alone. Whatever it was. Like, I borrowed 20 bucks. Yeah. It was like so hard. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was so hard for me to see it then. You know? but, uh, yeah. But now I'm to love them back yeah and, and, I, and i can love me too and that's all they ever wanted well i love you i love you yeah jackson i love you let's not make it <laughs> awkward 
<laughs> I love you guys too. <laughs> that's a good segue. Yeah. yeah. No, this is this has been a really great topic, man. And we got it, like I said, from your story. And uh, I think it's great your delivery of it. I'm grateful that we got to hear it before, and that we get to hear it again right now. So, with that, let's do it. Let's do it. This week's war story is brought to you by Brainwashed Coffee. Brainwashed Coffee is a damn good coffee with a damn good cause. Fifty percent of all proceeds go back into the recovery community, which makes it a perfect partner for us here at the Other Side of Hell podcast. With delicious blends like Coffee Commitment, Found a New Freedom. We drink a hell of a lot of it here, and it gives us the energy we need to deliver a quality show. Right now, you can get $5 off your coffee purchase at brainwashedcoffeeco.com using promo code OTHERSIDE. Clean your bean, Brainwashed Coffee. Now, without further ado, here is this week's war story. Man, how's everybody doing? My name is Jackson. I'm an alcoholic. I identify as an alcoholic. Crystal meth was my drug of choice, so I'm an addict as well. But um, like I said, I like to introduce myself. I work a 12-step program, and that's 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 how it is right there. And um, I'm I'm just really grateful to have this opportunity to kind of chat with you guys and tell my story, share my story, because um, this is this is this is the deal, man. This is called uh, gratitude in action. You know what I mean? I I, I tell my story. You know what I mean? So I don't forget, you know, to how the grace of God, you know, pulled me from the gates of hell. You know what I mean? Our sobriety date is May 8th, 2015. And um, again, I do recognize that today is uh, the grace of God. They kind of put me in that space or kind of uh, uh, gave me a, a, another chance to kind of, you know, do this thing. I had multiple attempts. You know, my my drinking career started at, of course, age 12, you know, and and many many times since that age i had many i think they refer to it as ominous warnings lots of different opportunities to kind of you know draw back and i i just i just wasn't trying to quit i never wanted to stop at all you know i find a, uh I, I knew i was the alcoholic type you know because i like to share this part um, um i remember the very first drunk you know the very first time i got loaded being 12 years old i was at a party, you know, I'm, I'm 12 years old at a, at a, at a high school party and bottle of Seagram seven and seven passed the shot glasses around and we're sitting at the table. And again, I remember it vividly and I couldn't tell you my first cheeseburger. I couldn't tell you my first hot dog or slice of pizza, but I remember my very first, my very first, you know, drunk and everything. And I knew that I had arrived. I knew that was the, the party scene that I wanted to be a part of. Um, being a um, um, mixed nationality, mixed race and everything. So I definitely never fit in anywhere, but, um, but definitely, you know, between, you know, partying and everything, you, you know, it was, I, I blended right in everything mixed right in. So I definitely felt like I found my click. I also have that ability to, you know, mix in and mingle with all different types. You know, I was a, you know, football player, you know, high school, you know, never much the studious type, but definitely the party. So I bounced between, you know, jock and, and party guy, you know what I mean? But again, I still didn't quite know where I fit in. Went to the military straight after. And again, the drinking just began even deeper and deeper. It was every single night, you know, barely getting to formation. And that was like really the essence of where I got founded and drinking and when I got out of the military in 1993, came out here to California and found crystal meth. 
And I'm telling you, the, the, the marijuana, the drink, everything just cleared away. And again, like literally, I was, I like literally found, I found it. That was the thing I could function. And that's part of my story as well. You know, I consider myself very functional. I was a licensed insurance agent. You know, in 1993, I'd wear a shirt and tie, you know, to, you know, to the office every day. And as soon as I get off of work, I'm either right to the connect or right to someplace where I could kick back and we just party all night. And um, that party all night with, you know, a couple of people slowly progressed into that isolation and that disconnection. I didn't want to be around nobody. I just wanted to go pick up and get right back to the spot or get right to the hotel. Um, 2006. 2006, I went to my first rehab and was in there for like three months at a 90-day program. Met my daughter's mother. I'm sorry, I didn't meet her, but she came out here from Arizona and we got together 2006. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm 90 days clean and and this is, I'm going to do it. That lasted about, I don't know, maybe about six months when I was back at it again. We decided to have a, my daughter and that was going to be, again, my I'm done. That was another one of my moments that I'm done. And probably about three months after there, I'm right back at it again. Um, and I was sharing with you guys earlier today. I just remember when I decided, like consciously decided, again, this is something I'm going to kind of talk back to as well. I made these sober, we make these sober decisions to go back out, you know, and it was just like, just, I just want to kind of stick in that spot. But I remember leaving the house and I told her, I said to my girl, I said, I said, I got to go see something. I got to go see something. And she knew exactly what I meant. What I was going to see is if I was really going to get hooked. I need to go smoke a bowl. I need it because, again, it was already premeditated in the back of my mind. I knew that I'd already been so long, but I just wasn't comfortable, you know, in that space. And my, you know, my daughter was just born and everything. And I was just like, Mom, you got it. You're an awesome mom. I got to go see something. And as I left the house, Boom, she came to the balcony and she just winged that freaking stroller over. And I was just like, see, this is exactly why I'm leaving. Now I'm now I'm really going. And that more or less gave me the green lights and justification. I wouldn't be back for like three days. Like literally, I was gone for three days after that. And that was 2006, two, I'm sorry, 2008, um, 2006, 2008. Um, running down the line, like I said, I can my my history, you guys, it it just stems because. 1994, my first hit of, of, of meth, right? So all the way up until 2006, you know, before I really started, to, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this rehab thing a try. And it wasn't like I was going to stop. I always knew that reservation. I always knew. I remember writing reservation because I knew I'm not going to stop, but I did know I wanted to take it down a couple of notches. You know what I mean? I knew I wanted to be a good dad. I knew I wanted to, you know, be a responsible insurance agent. You know what I mean? Because again, I've got an image that I'm trying to maintain, which is where it kind of leads into my story as well. Living that double life. I'm going to go ahead and do this double life thing because God, don't you know, I'm a good man. But at the same time, I found heaven and it came in a form of crystals in a bag with a freaking glass pipe. And don't, don't you know. It was just a beautiful thing. Like I can, I mean, like even sitting here today, again, I never, ever, you know, I love the effect. And the book says, I love the effects and I'm clear with that. But my disease is progressive. And I didn't know that. I thought it was always, I confused the 
Now I need more type of a thing with this dope is bunk. That's why, man, that's just, you know what I mean? It, or, or if I was drinking, you know, it was like, I, I got a high tolerance. Not knowing that I do now today is that was because that, that allergy thing that I learned about had kicked in. So where I'm needing more, and one of the dudes I used to cook with, he was like, bro, the, the more you do, the more you're going to need. The more you do, the more you need. And I was like, bro, this stuff, it just ain't hitting like it is, man. I need, we need more. We need to, and that whole allergy thing kind of kicked in. So again, my disease, my, my, what it was like kicks in like this. I started out in a nice social scene of, you know, partying here and there with some ladies here and there. And it very progressively moved into a space where I just got to pick up and I went on my little range of hotel hopping up and down Beach Boulevard, which is the main strip here in Orange County. Beach Boulevard, you know, between between Lincoln and Ball, you know, those that was the spot. And I take the stroll up and down every single hotel. I was there just hopping from one hotel to the other. And that's the life that I really enjoyed. I felt freedom. I felt even more because I'm doing that double life. Nobody ever knew that I was doing it because I'd party all night, hit the shower, shirt and tie, and I'm off to the office. And I maintained, I didn't have that. I didn't have that, you know, broken, freaking, you know, tweaked out look. You know what I mean? Or so I thought. Anyway, you see what I mean? Or so I thought. But now, like, I look at some some pictures. I got some pictures, and yeah, you know, maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was cool because I lived what it was like. I lived this double life because again, I knew I wanted to be responsible and professional, but I also knew that I had I had this disease that had run full had gotten its full placement within within myself and I needed to feed it each and every day. So again, that's what it was like, you know what I mean? And what happened to me to, uh, May 8th, again, after probably, let's see, my, my, my lady, let's see here. So 2006, 2008, um, 2006, 2008, 2013, San Diego rehab. Um, uh, and, and then Long Beach was in 2015. So four different rehabs later. Whew, I'm like, man, May 8, 2015, I woke up and um, I, I, I remember so clearly. I was like, I'm like, I'm trying to you know, get the kids up, get the kids out. And my lady's walking around the house and she's trying to get the kids ready. And she's yelling at the kids to get ready. And now I'm like, I got to be the dad. Now let me get up and take charge here. And I went in the room and I was like, you know, my, my stepson actually, he was sitting out on the in the living room and I, Walked down. I said, I said, did you hear your mom? I said, she didn't, why are you still sitting here? And I was very like aggressive. And I said, I said, you need to get up. I said, you need to get ready. And I poked him in his head like this. I said, I said, you need to listen. And I poked him in his head like this. And boom, he fell down, freaking knocked over everything. And in came mom. And she just started to swing it. And she's swinging and swinging. She's a sparky little girl. And I just was like, this is it. I'm just, this is it. I said, you want to know what happened? And I grabbed her. I dragged her into the room, threw her on the bed, and I grabbed the pillow and I put everything on her. And I was just, I just wanted to freaking choke her out. And I just, I literally wanted her out. And I remember it so vividly because she's so strong and she was so kicking and kicking. I was just like doing everything I could just hold her down. And my daughter comes in and she just screamed, Daddy, stop. And that was the most deafening, the most deafening daddy stop ever they were, that was never supposed to happen they were never supposed to see me lose control like that and I stood up and I said I can't control myself 
I said, I don't care if I go to the blackest of hell. And my whole state of mind between behind saying that is you guys are going to listen and do what I say. And you're not going to say nothing about it. And I was just like, I thought I took control of that situation, you guys. And the truth of it is, in my mind, I did. Well, they would leave off the school, off the work. And about an hour or so late, I don't really know the exact time frame because, again, I was just like in a, you know, and I went right back to it thinking nothing of it. And the phone rang and <clears throat> I answered my phone and Orange County Sheriff's Department, can you step outside? There's a couple of officers that want to talk to you. Well, I stepped outside, not even without hesitating because, again, I'm, she's just trying to catch me with dope. And I got a stash. They'll never find it anyways. No way, no how. So I walked out with confidence. And when I walked out, there was a line of freaking cop cars, like about six cars. And there was just like cops all over. She called the sheriff's department, reported me as domestic violence, child abuse. Because I poked my little boy in the head and I'd done all this stuff in front of him. And again, I thought I'd taken control of that situation. I never even seen that, that coming. Oh, can we check the house? Yeah, go ahead, check the house. Came back out, go ahead and stand up, put your hands behind your back. You're being placed under arrest for domestic battery. And that's the term he used, you got. He didn't say domestic violence. He said domestic battery. And I was like, I just broke down and cried. I was just like, I just felt total betrayal. I felt total like, oh my God, I didn't even do nothing. And then I just, like I said, I was completely oblivious to the, the, the trauma. The Again, I knew what I was doing, but I didn't know that it was to the degree where it was going to set this whole trend off altogether. Again, so I'm just going off to jail, still crying and everything. But my mind was, was in a place where, okay, I'll just go to jail, do maybe, like literally, I'm, okay, I'll just do maybe three months and I'll be back and everything will be back to normal. Again, I'm not, you know, no drugs. Like literally, I remember thinking they didn't catch me with drugs. So I'm cool right there. Let me just go handle this charge and I'm back at it. Like literally, I remember going to jail thinking that. Well, I get to jail and they did a whole, uh, uh, a whole team came in from uh, the, the VA they sent in a, a, a psychologist, the public defender, um, a, another psychiatrist or whatever from the VA. And I walk out and they said, here's your team. And I'm like, what do you mean my team? This is your team from the VA. We're, we're going to get you some help. And I'm like, help for what? They're like, we want you to go into a program. We have a new program that we're offering. It's through drug court. It's called vet court. And I was like, well, hold on a second. I said, I'm not here for a drug charge. I said, I'm not a drug addict. Like, literally, you guys, this is the denial that I was still in. Because, again, what are you talking about? And then in comes um, Public Defender, which was, again, a godsend. Kim, I give you know, all grace. I just so much. Kim was my Public Defender, which I was coaching her son on the football team, on the flag football team. I was a coach. Because, remember, I'm living this double life. I'm a, I'm a great coach. I'm a, I'm a father. I go to the school for the kids. And here she comes walking in. And I just broke down and cried all over again, you guys. And it was just like, oh, my God, how is this happening to me right now? She came over and she's like, look, Jackson, we just want to get you the help that you need. And I was just in tears. I'm just like, she's like, look, I understand. She goes, we just want to get you help. And I was just like, and it was just like really at my most hopeless, most defeated. I never felt so defeated in my life. Like I felt like the whole, my whole world had just imploded. And I remember, it, I didn't catch a drug charge. 
Now, let me just rewind back because I had several other drug charges and paraphernalia charges, which I did programs. Prop 36, two Prop 36s, a PC-1000 PC first, Prop 36, Prop 36, one, two, three, four residentials. Okay, so again, I'm no, you know, I'm, I'm definitely fluent with the system, but at this particular time, I was just broke down. I was just like, I can't believe this. This is this is the end. And they said, hey, we got a program for you. We're going to bring you back. Da, da, da. And when they brought me back to jail, I don't get to tell this part of the story too much, but I, I, I love the fact that when they brought me back, I had to stand up. I was in the cage. And the judge says, you know, how do you, you know, we want to offer you this, this, this program. You know, what do you think about that? And I stood up there, even after that still, I said, all due respect, your honor. I said, I'm here for a battery case. I said, I'm not a drug addict. I said, so I don't, I said, I respectfully decline your program. And the judge literally went like this. He went, he goes, Mr. Jackson, have a seat. Who's his public defender? And she, Kim raised her hand and walked over. She goes, go and talk to him. And I was just like, I was like, I was, I was no, I'm like, no. She goes, look, we just want you to try. She goes, why don't you just try it? For 14 days. If you don't like it, we'll bring you back and we'll we'll we'll, we'll send your set your trial date. Okay, whatever. So I like literally came into recovery on May 8, 2015, which I consider my sobriety with no idea, no no intention whatsoever. Again, to ever quit, to ever stop. I was just going to pay my court or not pay, but do my time, go right back to it again. That's what was in my mind. But again, like I said, God had a whole different plan for me. And that's when I saw Kim and the VA and these public defenders and this judge, all these guys converged. And I just felt like, okay, cool. I'm going to try it. And I tried it. So what it was like, what happened, what it's like today. So again, so what happened was I went to a program, vet court. It was a three-year program that I was too resistant about. They put me on program hold, but they said, look, we're going to get you through this program. So I, I sat in that program for three years complete. My, I have six years altogether in sobriety, grace of God. But again, three years of that was in a court program, which I could have rejected multiple times. And, and I and I did because, again, I got sanctioned at least 10 times through that three-year period. Sanctioned for what? For hanging up on my probation officer, hanging up on my case manager, hanging because they would tell me stuff and I'm not having it. And boom, and they would write me up for being late to probation or for being late to a group and all these little petty things they were giving me sanctions for. So I'm like, this is bullshit, man. I'm not, what are you guys doing? And again, I had to really dig in through this. And I really had decided um, when I started working with my sponsor, I really decided, you know what? This ain't for me. I just, I know this isn't for me, but they wouldn't let it go. And for some reason, I could tell that they really, they really wanted to help me because they wouldn't kick me loose. They wouldn't sense me. They just kept on putting me. And every time I did the loop, we have this thing called the loop, Orange County, where you just kind of go around, fingerprint, book, boom, and they never house you. They just fingerprint you, and it takes, like, like all night. And it's just like a dreadful loop that they call it. But I would do a loop. I would do, like, so many loops, and I was just like, this is ridiculous. This is what my life has come to? Is this, is this really – What's happening right now? Just either freaking let me go or freaking, but they wouldn't send me. They wouldn't send me back. They wouldn't cut me loose. And that's what I was really hoping for. But they were like, no, we want to help you. So I finally gave into it, man. And I started working my steps. And my sponsor dude was had so much energy. And I met him at the rehab center. And um, 
I didn't, oh, I want to back up too. When I was in custody, the H&I panel came in and they, boom, handed me a big book and they put this big book in my hands and I kind of flipped it around. I'm just like, and I looked at the deputy man. I'm like, hey, can I keep it? And he was like, yeah, you can keep it. They had booked me into custody and I was in the psych ward. My psych ward little check-in thing went like this. Are you homicidal or suicidal? And again, I, I, all of a sudden, guys, I became this big crier. <laughs> this time around, I cried a lot, bro. And it was just like, oh, because I just, I was like, God, my life was so, but when they asked me, are you homicidal or suicidal? I like literally, I couldn't, I couldn't respond and I wouldn't respond. And they, that's when they booked me into the psych ward for evaluation because they didn't know what was happening. So in the psych ward, they gave me this big book. The H&I panel came in. I flipped through the pages. So I'm like, I'm not reading this whole book. I said, I just want to see what's happening in here. So I flipped through it and my finger caught page 553. And 553 said, you know, it's no great trick to stop drinking. The trick is to stay stopped. And to do that, I had come to AA to learn how to handle sobriety, which is what I couldn't handle in the first place. I can't handle sobriety because why? I need to get loaded there. So I thought. And every time I took a break, every time I kept that reservation, I just really thought that I'm just going to gauge it down this time. And my whole story, my whole 20 plus year in sobriety, I'd say like the last 10 years of that 20 year run was rooted in I'm going to control it better. I'm going to control it better. And I failed every time because it would only last two or three months. And I would get right back into it again. But finally, when I saw that in the big book, <clears throat> went to my rehab. My rehab was just like awesome. And that's where I met my sponsor at. And my sponsor, he was a solid big book dude. I'd talk to him about something and he'd be like, okay, go to page 85. And then he'd say, okay, go to page. Th-. So anything I ask him, he would, he would, he wouldn't tell me what to do. He would say, okay, let's, let's, let's go to this page. And bro, I, that's that freaking hit the spot because ain't nobody freaking telling me what to do. You know what I mean, but if I read it for some reason, it kind of gives validity to it. You know what I'm saying? And that's what this big book did to me. It validated the fact all of those things were written. No pictures in this book. No pictures. But God bless America. If this book didn't freaking specifically pin down me, my ideas, my attitude in my whole emotional situation. And it gave me solutions to it. And that's why I'm such a, I got so much energy for recovery. Like I said, I'm six years later, bro. And I was never, it was never supposed to stick this long. It was never supposed to stick this long, but I wanted to be like my sponsor in the terms of, I'm going to carry this book. I'm going to carry these 12 steps to other dudes. And I'm going to share, I ain't going to just freaking go to meetings. I'm not freaking going to meetings the rest of my life, but I am suiting up and showing up because why because i want to meet newcomers i want to meet newcomers every chance i get because i know how weird this way of life is i know how weird coming into a program saying you know 12 steps to your 12 step do your 12 step okay it's more than that you know i hear people say you know oh i've done my 12 steps you know four or five times okay watch this i gotta my deal is this the way i'm living my life today i like to go and take other guys through this big book those are that's the state factor for me today, you know what I mean? In order for me to stay stopped, I got to freaking, no matter what, take another guy through the 12 steps as often as possible. Anytime I get a chance, if a dude says, hey, they hear my share, excuse me, and they say, hey, can you help me? Can you, can we, can you be my sponsor? Absolutely. 
one day a week, one hour is all I want to do. And no, you're not reading chapter after chapter, but we're going to check it page by page and we're going to see what happens. And you're going to have your own experience with this stuff. And they do. And again, I'm so stoked again that I have, you know, I have three guys that I sponsor. Two guys are, are actually still digging in right now, but three of the guys that I sponsor have sponsees, which is a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? And again, that's proof once again that this program is legit and it checks out. N-A-A-A-C-A, all of the A's, I'm down with it. I'm down with a 12-step program today because I don't know how to handle sobriety. I don't know how to handle sobriety. I got ideas, attitudes, emotions, fears, resentments that pop up here and there, and I never know. You know, and I ask my creator, I'm now willing to have all of me, good and bad. You know what I mean? Good and bad. I thought God only wanted the good, and I didn't know that he wanted, he would take the bad also. So I'm really grateful for a program. I'm grateful for the other side of hell, you know, that brought me into this platform. I mean, so I can bring this energy like this, because again, what better platform? God took me, you know, from the depths of hell. I was at the door, at the gates, you know what I'm saying? And for whatever reason, he saw fit to pull me from the gates of sanity, from the sanity, from the gates of hell, from the gates of insanity to this new way to the other side of hell. I know my purpose in life is to carry this message of hope and they'll take another guy through the 12 step so that they can have their own personal experience. This is not a selfish program. It's a very personal program. And I need this unity and I need this connection with other people. So again, I'm so grateful for you guys. Will, Mr. Jackson, man, I'm Jackson from Stay Stop, man. Um, um, this is what it is, my guys. And I really appreciate it all. If you're new or, or fairly new in this program, Find a sponsor that's got that energy. Just want to show you the pages, man. And the pages, the pages changed my life. The pages changed my life. And I just, I promise you that I'm going to continue to carry this message. I tell the old timers this too. I say, old timer guys, I said, don't worry. This program is safe with me. I'm going to make sure I honor this program and carry it the proper way. So again, guys, I appreciate you guys. Um, thanks for letting me share my story. And yeah, bro. Thank you so much for that, man. You're definitely honoring the program Absolutely. with your example and the work that you're doing, man. Fuck. Spread I'm message. glad I'm I'm glad you're I feel safer with you on this side of the table yeah. after listening to your story. That's bro. no joke. Yeah. Dude, I, I one thing that I that we always hear a lot in these stories and, and your story is no different. I think I mentioned it before is just how you really didn't feel like you fit in anywhere. Yeah. 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 You just hear that so often and it was so hard for us to find any sort of comfort in our own skin yeah and then and then also you mentioned that as soon as you found that alcohol it was like i you had arrived i'm, I'm there yep. this is gonna work yeah that, that's the solution for you something that's gonna work absolutely a pipe the alcohol whatever it was i just like literally could breathe you know that you guys know that breath that breath of just yeah all the weight falls off yeah it just it's but again i, I remember that today and i also recognize it as a deception it also recognize it also as a That's, delusion I like that. and and again so again while that breath of relief and that ease and comfort i do understand that that was a deception it was just enough hook to get me yeah. and for me to go back out there chasing it again how do i stay how do i stay on this side how do i how do i sustain this 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 life instead of getting sucked into that delusion again again we drink we use because we love the effects. Yeah. How do I get to a place where I can, you know, find it not necessary 
to to pick up again and that's kind of where i kind of wanted to get into you know the unity of recovery the whole part about this unity the whole stay factor you know what i mean it was like so significant for me to okay i'm trying this again I'm going to try to, yeah, you know, and you didn't want it this time. Yeah, like, not, not even again. And, and that's, that's what again made it so awesome even more. But what happened, you guys, like I said, the, um, shake it up. Oh, that's right. What happened this time is just like, I remember being taken into custody this time. And again, just completely hopeless, completely being, you know, booked in and are you homicidal? Are you suicidal? And just the tears, the hopelessness was just there. I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, I just, all I could think of is you're trying to take away my, my life substance. Like, like think of that. Yeah. How, how am I supposed to live without, this? how am I yeah. supposed to live yeah. without this? I'm, I'd pass that point of, you know, party time. I, I, I need this to friggin' exist. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, I don't fit in, in society. Number one, yeah. I, I don't fit in anywhere. Even my own family that I know love me. I want to be a good dad. I want to, but again, I'm, I can't. I have to have both, yeah. and this disease doesn't want both. It doesn't give us both. It's, well, even it, even the birth of your daughter wasn't enough, right? Yeah, like, not not even again. Yeah. That that's the part that really. I mean, I like, I was there. That's that's the illusion, right? There, it, it, is that, it, that we think that something's going to be significant enough for us to stop. Oh yeah, yeah. it really for me like what it what Plant. it does is it moves the goalpost. Yeah, like, yeah. When this makes happens, it okay I'll today. Do this. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Like, okay. Absolutely. Tomorrow, tomorrow's a better day. Mm-hmm. And again, I played that game for 10 years, years 15 years. <laughs> yep. Now I'm at 20 years deep. And it's like, yeah. like when, when is it then, ever going to Then we stop? surrender to the disease, right? Sur- like, sur- like, yes. And it seems like, and, and I don't know, I was thinking about this earlier before we shared your story is like, I wonder if that divine, uh, that divine help happens when we finally submit mm-hmm. to our disease. Like, it well, seems like mm, seems like it sure. did for me. You well, know, we're, like, we're, well, remember this too, guys. I kind of want to really because it's it's a double effort thing it went on too. Because first, I surrendered to to the, the fact that I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. But it had to go more than that. It had to take me surrendering my disease to a power greater than myself too. Mm-hmm. And that's the part was the hardest part. I could tell you all day I'm a drug addict. I'm an alcoholic. You know, I could I could concede that part, but I didn't want to turn it over to this higher power. I didn't want to do that extra daily maintenance of spiritual sure. meditation and all of this, you know, spiritual stuff. I don't, I don't need all of that stuff. I got to like, live. I got to get, yeah. I get out there. But, but again, it's just, it was something else that happened altogether. And, um, yeah, well, the, the evidence for God's pretty, pretty fucking thin, you know, <laughs> especially out there yeah, to yeah. say the least, yeah. you know? Yeah, and so I think it comes down to, uh, that, that faith factor mm-hmm. what what it, what had worked it. for other people yeah and again that's where like i saw i saw you know the program of recovery i saw a program of alcoholics anonymous but i wanted to create something i wanted to create something that would really identify us as a as a class of people again i, I know we are a small class of people you know to be to have that allergy i knew we were a class of people and i knew even more all of the times I tried to stop, you know, but I I wanted to create something that we could recognize each other, yeah. and and not just that invisible way. I wanted to create something that was like a mark or a badge, if you will. And again, I had no idea that it was going to be stay stopped, and I didn't know how it was. I just heard the phrase, 
Yeah, let's and, talk about that because yeah. that was that was like a divine inspiration for you, right? Like that Absolutely. moment because you 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 had that a couple of times come into your life. So yeah, and why don't you talk about like the couple of times and then and then tell us about what what Stay Stopped is. Well, like I said, um, multiple rehab attempts and um, 2013. Um, that was another episode I'll call it when I was completely out there, not trying to stop at all. But it was a condition. If you want to come back home with your family, you're going to go to 30-day rehab. And that 30-day rehab in 2013 turned into five months of rehab, which I really was sure I was going to be stopping this time. And I remember one of the counselor guys in there said, you know, first, the first counselor, she goes, um, she goes, you know, only one out of all of you guys are going to make it. And I was like, I said, that's pretty negative. I remember I just was like, yeah. I, I like told, I'm like, that's, that's a negative thing to say. You know, well, she's like, it's a fact, you know, out of the 10 people in this room, only one of you is going to really sustain, you know, their sobriety. And I was like, and I was pissed that she said that. Yeah. Needless to say, I wasn't the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've say. all heard that and gone, and, what the fuck? And then the next counselor, I was in another group and at the rehab, same thing in San Diego, VVSD. What's up, you guys? Um, those, he says, he says, yeah, alcoholics and drug addicts, they stop all the time. They just don't know how to stay stopped. And he said that in 2013, I remember looking up and I wrote it on a piece of paper and I kind of just, I remember sitting there looking around the classroom and I was like, stay stopped. And that just kind of planted that seed right there in 2013. Hmm. Fast forward, like I said, I stayed at that rehab for five months left i'm back home i'm back with my family i'm i'm good to go i'm never using dope again i'm never doing <sighs> a month later i'm back at the connect yeah i'm back at the connect literally walking in and that connect she was like she's like where you been you look great what's been going on <laughs> i'm like yeah i tried the recovery thing it's stupid i tried it like literally and yeah. she's like oh what do you what do you i'm like come on let's, let's pack a bowl man let's She's like, what are you doing? Like, literally, she looked at me with disgust. Yeah. And she was just like, you do it. And she threw the sack on the bed. And I picked that stuff up just like nobody's business. And I scooped and I proceeded. And that ease and comfort hit. And it would be two more years. I was out. Yeah. For two more years. That second year, like I said, I share with you guys about that arrest that happened to me. My daughter came in. God bless my little girl, soul angel, once again. Daddy, Stop. You know, that, 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 that ringing in my ears. And I, I, I was telling you about that this morning. Yeah. My daughter is a part of my stay stop journey as well, because she screamed, daddy, stop. So that gives wow. her, that gives her a piece of the, the piece it. of the action yeah. as well. It cut through your soul. Yeah. yeah like, like, like literally like that was a significant thing. And I, it resonated through and through. And like I said, in custody, psych ward. H&I panel. Here's a book, Jackson. I don't want to read a book, but I'm going to go and check it out. And I thumb through the pages. My fingers caught page 553. Page 553 was titled, AA taught him how to handle sobriety. God willing, we'll never have to, you know, drink again, but we will have to deal with sobriety every day. And I just looked at that and I closed the book. I'm like, God, I open it back up again, that same page. And it said, I did quit drinking once for five months, once for 10 months on my own. It's no great trick to stop drinking. The trick is to stay stopped. And there it was again for the second time in a two-year period. 
And at that point, I closed the book, you guys, and I just said, okay, God. And again, that wasn't it. Because again, I opened the book back again. And the very next sentence that started the next paragraph says to do that. Because it wasn't just stay stopped. Okay. Because I'm not going to just say, you know, stay stopped. It's more than just that. How how do I do that? How? How? The very next sentence that started that paragraph on page 553 says to do that. I had come to AA. Not I had to come to, I'd come to. So in my journey, in my 20-year journey, in all of your journeys, there's a place where AA keeps on representing itself or some type of a rehab or program keeps presenting itself one more time. And it said the next chapter or next paragraph said, to do that, I'd come to AA to learn. And I stopped there and it said to learn. I remember I had a little piece of lead about that big and I circled the word learn. I'd come to AA to learn how to handle sobriety. That's what I couldn't handle in the first place. Mm. I couldn't handle living without drugs or alcohol. Again, I needed it. And at this point, like I said, how do I do it was all I could. And again, I closed a book and I just said, okay, God, I said, just, just, and that would be my journey into, that would be my surrendering point right there. When I finally was just like this stay stop thing is, is something. Yeah. I just knew it in my internal insides that stay stopped was going to be something. But I, again, I had no idea. I had no idea. I just knew that that was divinely inspired. And I would begin. I got out of that 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 jail cell, went right to my PO for my PO, went right to my rehab, stayed at that rehab for a year. And that whole time I was in my rehab, instead of sitting around complaining about how rehab doesn't work, I put this time into work. And I began to design and come up with how am I going to do it? What am, what's going to be? I didn't want to just be a t-shirt company. So you knew that you wanted it to be a clothing company, though. I knew okay. I knew it was going to be a clothing company because I thought, hey, t-shirts. And then I used to wear Dickies all the time. Yeah. Then so I just I remember thinking Dickies got their little red patch. Yeah. On the front, I'm like, I said. Then I go Vans. I said Vans got their little tag, and I just started thinking Carhartt. Carhartt's got their little, you know, their label. I said I want to I want to make this that. I want to make this that. How can I do that? And like literally, I remember the whole process that year I was at that rehab, finding a place to make those labels, finding, thinking of ideas. Do I just want to make it t-shirts for me? And I don't know when exactly you guys, when the idea that I want to collaborate with other, but I remember thinking to myself, I don't remember exactly when, but I remember seeing um, UFC fighters. I remember when they, uh, when they took that, when Reebok, got the contract for all MMA and it was like all of the MMA fighters were wearing Reebok. So I was like thinking, then I flashed back to the NFL. All the NFL teams wears new Nike, all their mm-hmm. stuff's on Nike NFL branded. So I was like, that's an idea. I said, I want to make my brand collaboratively capable, collaborative capabilities. Is that the right word? Like, <laughs> that's Co- collaborative capability. <laughs> and that's what I want everyone to really know. We're not just to stay humble, you know, stay stop branded. We want to have this branded label. We want to collaborate with every rehab out there. So when you're a client, when you're a client and you go to that treatment center and you see staff or you see the, the, the counselors walk around with their uniform, you're going to see that connector piece. And I'm, I'm, it's my hope that they, the clients will see that, that, that you know, the clients or their staff is wearing that and be able to feel more connected to the staff people. Yeah. Because, again, a lot of times staff, you know, 
they get that animosity from new clients coming in because they think that they're better. Again, I want to kind of bring that down a little bit as well with this branding. So again, I wanted to just, I started developing and I figured, hey, if I could just be the, the brand for treatment centers, detox, uh, uh, recovery coach, anything that's re rehab or uh, recovery based, we want to have this label next to it to reinforce, to really kind of really inspire that connection as well. That's what's up. Yeah, and bring forth that unity, dude. I yeah. love it. Yeah, that's part of my, my thing, too. I had a couple of my little sayings. It was um, encouraging. It was um, attracting awareness. Again, so this label, Stay Stop Brand, attracting awareness, encouraging unity. And, again, that's what I wanted it to be. Again, there's a lots of T-shirt companies out there that are, you know, stay sober, get sober, so, which is awesome. But, again, I wanted to really – I didn't want to make this just, just you know, just here. I, I needed – a connector piece everywhere I go. I needed to be able to see, you know, these are my people. Yeah. This is all of us. The alumni, when you leave a rehab, you know, what's, what happens when you leave rehab, the disconnection comes again. And I want, I, I needed to find some type of connector piece when people leave the rehabs because we come in, we wanted it. Now we're out back in society and we get lost again. And I said, if I could create something and get it just completely, just I want to saturate the yeah. whole city to city, county to county, state to state. And that's what we're working towards, man, to create a sense of unity for people who are, you know, committed, who are striving to, you know, sustain, you know, their their, their new life. And it's about living. It's about living in sobriety. It's about living a life of recovery. I didn't want it to be limited to just don't drink stay sober again i get it totally but again i i i i said if there's how do they say there's it's more than just being sober sober is absolute must but now how am i going to sustain this sober how am i going to sustain this sobriety and that's what i kind of wanted to challenge people to look at to challenge how do we stay stopped how does it how do we do it well like I said, you could check out my Instagram. You could check out some of these podcasts. You can check out. And the cool part about sobriety is you get to create your own. It's like your own. It's your own personal journey, your own personal experience yeah. that makes it so special. Again, I just want to be a, a beacon of hope to say, hey, look, I want to follow this route altogether. And you can follow you can follow someone and create your own. Well, that's what we do in recovery. Sweet. Yes, absolutely. I just wanted to continue to make this brand about unity, complete unity altogether. That's what's up. Yeah, I love that. And where, where, where can all these lovely people find Stay Stopped? Um, the best place, I do have a Shopify. Um, and I'm actually so stoked to really announce also, um, I just got it as an Amazon seller right now. So, oh. so Amazon.com. It now has um, Stay Stop gear nice. on there. Um, that's autumn, actually, for what do they call it? Fulfillment by Amazon. It's a lot quicker, you know, yeah. a lot quicker, quicker getting your stuff out. But also have Stay Stop dot shop. Stay Stop dot shop is also available. Um, the turnaround time is a little bit slower there because that's more of a custom made type of deal. It's like kind of like a uh, we make it when you order it kind of a thing. Sure. And um, so that's a little bit longer. The stuff on Amazon is already, you know, in warehouse, ready to go. And then my Instagram, my Instagram spot is where I have the most fun. That's where I want to continue to, you know, connect with people. Um, I love the Instagram platform, stay.stopped. 
Um, so definitely follow me there on Instagram. And again, I'm going to continue doing these little podcasts to kind of really talk about it because that's, that's, again, I believe it was so divinely inspired and that God really gave me this brand to make it. And I, I like to make reference to these two. When I was younger in high school, I used to brand myself. Lighter burns. That's what we used to. Yeah, you remember, right? Right, I used to to love to heat up a paper clip or something, and boom. So I remember sitting around. This was like a couple years later, and I go, "Oh, that makes sense." I'm like, I used to love the brand, so now I'm like, "Oh, I have a brand." So (laughs) yeah, kind of weird stuff like that. But yeah, Stay Stopped is the official recovery apparel brand. Again, it just brings a whole sense of community, a whole sense of connection, you know, outreach. You know, that's 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 what I wanted this brand to really be about, man. So yeah. We're super honored to be your first yeah. podcast that you come on to talk about this stuff. We're grateful to have you. Here. Yeah, this has been fun, dude. Your story is awesome, and I'm glad we got to share. You're it natural. Everybody. Your voice sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> nah, for real. See that microphone catch? Yeah. Didn't you? Ba-pow. <laughs> yeah, you did good, dude. Thanks for coming out, flying all the way out from California. Hell Thank yeah. you, absolutely. Like I said, it meant a lot Huntington to me to Beach. get here. Yeah, it meant a lot to come here in person because like i said when i met you guys i knew that this was uh uh, the platform your questions your the way you guys do the the whole podcast it it, it's it's real but it's fun you know i mean it's 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 raw but it's 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 fun you know what i mean and it's and it's legit all the way through man so anybody that's seeing this or hearing this or checking out the other you know podcast like i said i i just let you know these guys are legit, man. Nice. Again, yeah. I, again, I, I, I give them the stay stopped approval. Yeah. <laughs> the, the stay stopped approval. <laughs> the stay stopped stamp of approval. But yeah. let me tell you, I did I did check it out too, man. I was like, I don't know about these guys. <laughs> but you, 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 you're good. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you guys are legit, man. I thank you so much you for having me. Jackson yeah. approved. Jackson, yes. thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing your time, coming out here with us, bro. Hats, hoodies, hats, hoodies. We we got the coolest, coolest stuff. All long together. sleeve, yeah, long sleeve. Check it out. Boom, boom. Love it. So, oh. so yeah. So that's it. Fundraiser, fundraiser uh, piece of equipment. If you want for fundraising stuff, if you want to get your staff, you know, uniformed up. You know what I mean? We'll we'll, we'll custom embroider, custom make uh, silk screen. Yeah, that's what's up. The whole nine. Nice. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, thank Cameron, you. thank you. What I'm do you say we? Willie, I'm out of here. Say we get out of here, man. <laughs> I'm out of here. Go do something else. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, you know, again, thank you so much. Uh, I'm gonna say goodbye. With, we'll see you on the other side. Remember, you are worth the work. Stay stopped. The Other Side of Hell is a do-it-yourself podcast. For more information, recovery resources, and contact info, check out our website at theothersideofhellpodcast.com. You can help us spread our message by liking and subscribing, giving us a follow, or a five-star rating.